welcome to Writers Talking, the podcast where we take writers and readers behind the scenes, sharing the stories within the stories. No scripts, no filters, and no holds barred as we talk about what really happens for writers as they write, edit, publish, and promote their work. Hi, I'm Anjanette Fennell, agent, editor, and writerly mentor who's worked with hundreds of writers to break through their creative challenges to uncover the stories they feel compelled to share. Now, let's get talking. Emma Gray is the internationally published author of five books spanning fiction, nonfiction, and memoir. She wrote her latest novel, The Last Love Note, in the wake of her husband's death. It was published by Penguin Random House in Australia and New Zealand and acquired by Zibby Owens in New York, who describes Emma as the next Helen Fielding, Sophie Kinsella, or Jojo Moyes. She wrote her YA novel, Unrequited, to show her Harry Styles loving daughter that reading could be fun, then co created a musical based on the story with Sally Whitwell, complete with disco balls and glitter cannons. When she's not writing, you'll find her on a country road in the dark, capturing the Aurora Australis with her camera, pottering in her cottage garden, and enjoying time with her three children and beloved puppy, Frank. So we're just diving in because, of course, Emma Gray, for anyone who's listened to the podcast before, has heard her beautiful voice before and sharing her ins and outs of working as a writer in almost every area of your life. I would say you're still a storyteller even as a parent. But the reason we wanted to chat today was based on a conversation we had recently with another group of writers. And that is because Emma right now, if you haven't already gone out and gotten the book, go get the book, The Last Love Note. (laughs) It's amazing. But she's in the promotional period, at least for the release here in Australia. And then we'll have to do it all over again soon in the US. But there are expectations, both external maybe from a publisher as well as expectations that writers have of themselves when it comes to promotion and publicity. And I think it can be fraught. So that's why we wanted to have a little bit of this conversation, because I think hopefully Emma can (laughs) help us lower the stress levels. So maybe let's just chat about some of that stuff, Emma. Maybe starting off with how has the way that you've used the social media that you're already on changed, grown, shifted, whatever, when it comes to while you're writing the book, as opposed to when you're promoting a book. Mm, Thanks, Ange. I think you said something the other night that made a lot of sense. And I think, you know, we've heard this from other people that one of the main first points that I would make is that we need to avoid becoming completely overwhelmed by all the different channels we could be on. Because at the end of the day, we're also writers and hopefully writing the next book. And (laughs) it could become a full-time job simply promoting your book on every single channel. So I think that it makes a lot of common sense just to stick with one or two, maybe three channels that you feel comfortable on and that you feel you feel like you can be yourself as well as have your writer hat on and and be, you know, be promoting a book, which often for a lot of us feels a little bit awkward. You know, we mm. we can be a lot of us quite introverted and suddenly we're having to be out there all the time talking about this book and it can feel a bit uncomfortable. So I um, tend to be really comfortable on Facebook and I know that a lot of my readers are on Facebook and I'm also on Instagram and I'm 
just starting to get back onto LinkedIn as well, because a lot of the writing work that we do may include other things like presentations and talks and, and you know, that sort of thing. So that to me feels like a manageable selection of channels for me <laughs> yeah. to be on. You know, there is the temptation, should you go on TikTok, should you go on, you know, all the other things. And for some people that feels really natural. It just doesn't for me. So I just haven't sort of explored that. And, you know, I'm sure there'd be social media marketers who'd who'd be, you know, (laughs) arguing with this approach. But at the end of the day, it's got to be sustainable, whatever you do. I think that's it. Yeah. So, so for me, what I've found is that I've got into some sort of a rhythm with my posting on Facebook and Instagram, which allows me to still be the person I am. So I'm still myself on my own profile, but also on my author page. And I seem to have no trouble coming up with ideas. And that's why we had this, we're having this conversation because we were talking with some other writers who said it's, you know, it can be a real struggle to come up with the ideas in the first place. And you feel pressure to know what to post and, you know, what, what might work. And for me, I have this attitude all the time of, of almost, you know, dream catchers that are the, to sort of yeah. catch catch dreams, hang them in your room at night. I'm like that with stories. So at all times, I've got my eyes peeled and my ears open for for any hooks that could be used for a little post online. Yesterday, I was speaking with uh, a friend who I had I had written an article many many years ago about something I noticed in a park in London and. Mm. It was actually a um, an installation art wall and at Bloomsbury Festival, and this you could graffiti anything you wanted on this wall. And somebody had written, "I'm a banker, but I want to be a guitarist." Thinking, "Oh, who is that? What are you doing about that dream?" And it was just this beautiful thing. And I wrote an article about that, you know, years ago. And this woman read that article. And in that moment, decided she wanted to become a single mum via IVF. Wow. She, she read that. It had that impact on her and she made that decision. And then yesterday she sent me a photo of her child <gasps> reading, my, reading my book. Oh, my God. And I just got chills. <laughs> and so I, of course, asked her if she, if she would mind if I posted you know, a, a non-identifying photo of her of her daughter with this story, and she's really thrilled for me to do that. So noticing these stories when they pop up the first time around in the park in London yeah. and then sharing that and then sharing, you know, this postscript to that story many years later. But we all have things like that that crop up in our lives that can be a hook that, and we, we're storytellers, so, you know, yeah. It's just about having your storytelling hat on and noticing these things and then and then finding a way to talk about them. But to reduce the overwhelm, something else that I do is that I have a variety of different types of posts that I put up. So some of them are straight reviews of the book that that I've read and I I um you know it's a lovely thing to do to post a review and tag that reviewer and sort of mutually support each other's um, pages that way. You can post things like a little excerpt from the book with mm. perhaps a little story about how, you know, what that section meant to you. I have a, you know, every, about probably once a week or so I'll post something about what I've learned about writing itself. Because my book features grief, I've also got several posts about what I've learned about grief, things on mindset, posts about other writers and books I'm reading and loving. It's just, I think, I think if we have maybe a little list of the types of posts that could work on our pages, that can help 
to reduce that overwhelm. And and also just to keep a list of all these little stories and ideas that occur to you when they yeah. pop up. I think you had it spot on there when one of the things, and I think shifting our perspective from feeling like we're having to make something up as opposed to doing what you naturally do as a writer, which is notice things, right? Mm-hmm. That, that can be the seed, noticing something. And I just saw Candace Fox post something in her Facebook, which would have also been on Instagram. I mean, that that cross posting can be really helpful. I don't find it bothersome because I follow the same people and I see both posts and I just like it in both places. But somebody, I don't even know what the question was, but it was down to that. Where do you get some of these ideas? And it is just walking around, mm-hmm. noticing something, and it can be very small. So using that as your strength and just continuing that. Yeah. I think the other thing that you said that uh, that I really love is if you just have a little list of types of posts without giving yourself the pressure of don't I mean look I'm assuming anybody who's a writer is prone more toward words and storytelling than numbers. I mean, <laughs> we won't go into what Emma and I struggle with when it comes to numbers <laughs> and and accounting and all of that sort of fun stuff, but just to say please don't let yourself get more paralyzed by these things that say this percentage should be this kind of post in your social media and this, let all of that go Mm. and show up as yourself. Because by the way, when we're reading your, your words, that's what we long for. So if you have a little list of little starters, again, to help you avoid that blinking cursor feeling, and you can choose any of them. You might have some weeks that'll be, oh, I'm sharing more reviews this week because that's it. But allowing yourself to sort of go with that flow, it makes it feel more natural, number one, and -hmm. less pressure. Maybe you can talk to this too. I think, I mean, I know what my answer is, but again, to even if you aren't a full introvert, we both know Lisa Ireland, who is on another episode of this and has admitted she's at least partially introverted because she loves the the promotional part and getting out amongst it. But sort of balancing this piece where you would like to be internal, you like to go out and talk about your book. But one of the things that people worry about is I'm always banging on Mm. And and women, especially, I don't know that I've met ever seen a man post, sorry, I'm posting about this so much. Sorry for all the book spam or, you know, whereas women are like, sorry for all the baby spam. Sorry for all the puppy spam. We're so sorry for so many things. How do you manage that? Or does it not come up because you know, it's coming from like an authentic sharing place. Do you feel like you're always promoting or are you just... I I like to try to strike a balance between those those sort of pure promotional posts and helping people. And I like to sort of think, how can I actually offer some value with Mm. this? So whether it's writing tips or sharing my own vulnerabilities about writing or other things in life. You know, I I think people like to get behind the scenes a little bit in your life. But one of the most engaged with posts that I've done recently was a picture of my front fence with flowers along it and a story that went with that about selling my other house after my husband died. And and it then led to this beautiful conversation. And I think that's the other piece is, is what happens after you post it and how much engagement do you give back in the comments section. And that's where these rich mm. conversations can occur. 
And it then becomes really a lovely place to hang out. I mean, we all know that it can be a risk as well. <laughs> There's occasionally comments that you don't want, but but really it can be. We can use this as a force for good. It doesn't yeah. have to be. Um, and I think a lot of the time, depending on how you cur- curate your own feed on, on a social media platform, you know, if you're following people that you enjoy following and, and uplifting pages, it can be a really nice place. It doesn't have to be negative. But I think it is about this uh, adding of value. And mm. I think uh, the, the pages that I love to follow are people who will get real about what it's like to be a writer mm. and what it's like to be published and share some of the same challenges that we're all facing behind the scenes. So it's not sort of the online world and the offline world. It's just the world. And, yes. And, um, and we are who we are online and offline, you know, and it can be a lot closer to the same thing on both, depending on how much you're comfortable sharing, of course. But I, yeah, I, I just think, think about the posts that we're putting out. Think, is anyone going to benefit from this? How can I make this post more more readable, more engaging, more helpful in some way? Yeah. And then it's not, and then we're not sort of worrying about those those fears we have of being spammy or you know. Well, and I think because it's not if they want to. Right, right. Yeah. I think the other thing is to see that again, if we focus on storytelling and social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or even TikTok, which I'm not super big into yet, but it took a while to get maybe into Instagram as well. They're all, even Twitter, they're all, I mean, when I was on Twitter, they're all storytelling, mm. right? And and it might be micro storytelling, but uh, what I see is that every time you are sharing yourself, that is still promotional, Mm. but not in that yucky way, right? As you said, you're adding value. Even if the value you're adding is simply pulling back the curtain on a part of your life and you are so good at it. I, I would say that knowing the next project you're working on is less tied to your lived experience although not totally disconnected, is less directly tied. But I could see how you're still going to be doing similar things, Mm. which would be finding the little stories, finding the connections. So you're finding, here's the other thing, themes. It may seem like it's a a straighter path if you have written a nonfiction book, right? Mm. But you've already identified that even sharing this novel, there are these themes, So how can we share these themes and have our eyes open and our ears open to hear and see these different things out Mm. in the world? I think, think too, it's when we read articles that are on that theme or, Mm. you know, and then rather than just sharing the article, add our our thoughts about the article, generate discussion about it. For me, it's you know, the the theme of grief is an area that I've been working in, I guess, uh, you know, for seven years in a way, in an unpaid sort of way, ever since I lost my husband. And I now feel like this is something I want to do to help people who are just coming through this now. And I have spent a lot of time in the last month or so talking with new widows, new young widows who've lost their partner in, in middle age and younger. And that's as a result of this book. And so they're there's this whole piece about grief and you know I can I'm not an expert I'm just a person who's been through it but I have 
a certain number of expert resources that I can share with people who, you know, other pages and other experts to sort of use my story to just make things a little bit easier for somebody following through, uh, you know, a few years after me going through the same thing. Um, And I think that kind of value that we add when we take those themes that exist in each of our novels or nonfiction books and be interested in that topic and mm. find, you know, we're not always having to share our own stuff. We can amplify yes. other people's voices, other books that are similar or cover a similar theme. Uh, there's all kinds of ways that we can do this that's not just about us. And yeah, I think, I think that's what's so confronting t- at times. Yeah, is that feels, and I think it's somewhat counterintuitive. And I don't know if it's because of the sheer volume of books out there, but I do know that maybe part of the pressure too is I'm sharing it. I better share the right thing. I better not share too much. That's absolutely not true. And actually not the way that my experience or probably your experience of the actual writer, writerly network is by and large, it's really welcoming Mm. and very supportive and the cross promotion is a is a huge part of things so actually mm. joining up with other people who have similar themes or similar viewpoint in their life and or in their book it can help you if you are doing not just online sort of work and sharing but out in the community if you're going to do library talks or you're going to do promotions at booksellers and things like that mm-hmm. in conversation because that's the other thing you've already mentioned imagine having conversations with other people like i've already got in my mind somebody in the US that in fact multiple authors through the publisher you're going to be with That would be amazing for you to be in conversation with about different aspects of your book. And each of those conversations would be slightly different. You're promoting each other's work and you're also amplifying your own work, Mm, but in a way that doesn't feel so. And again, we just want to back away from this. Ooh, it feels forced. And I'm telling people about it. The only way that most of the books that end up being long sellers, which is the goal. Yes, it is super nice to be a bestseller in a short space of time. There are certain quote unquote hacks you can try to do to game it, but really what a publisher would like, yes, they'd like that, but they'd also like for it to continue selling at a certain volume for the long term. That's what keeps them printing it. And my example always is, Paulo Coelho with The Alchemist. Mm. It was published so long ago and it didn't do spectacularly well the first go round, but it was just, they they kept at it. He still, although maybe I don't follow him quite as much now, he still promotes it. He still does mm. what you do, which is sharing people have uh, taken photos with it because when it hits that person, like when your book hits somebody and they take a photo of themselves with it or their child with mm. it, even though the way they know you is totally separate to that, but then you've got this photo and then you use the photo mm. to share more. And it hopefully feels less like, oh, I'm promoting myself and more just, oh, isn't this 
a beautiful photo. He still does that. He does not need to. His mm. book will sell. Yeah. <laughs> and I bet you he doesn't feel yucky about it. No. Right? And I think and you're so right about the cross promotion and and just the connections that we make. I've made a, a, a call her a friend now. Somebody mm. whose book was published a month before mine and we didn't know each other until a couple of months ago. And we've been sending each other voice messages on Messenger of support and, and talking about our doubts and our fears and all of that. And it's just been a beautiful thing. And in fact, she and I could do a great conversation together. Let's um, do that. We'll set it up, everyone. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I think that's yeah. great. But Another thing that occurs to me is that I used to have a range of different pages for each of my separate books. And yeah. when in the lead up to this one being published, I thought I really need to just start again, which is very intimidating, with mm. a new page that is simply just me as a writer and has all the books. So I had to start with no followers at all, you know, from a complete standing start, having had thousands on the other pages. And I made a decision that even if I only had sort of five people following me at the very beginning, I would still produce top quality posts mm. and content. So really respect, even if one person is watching yeah. you, respect that one person's time and attention. Because the the fact that anyone reads anything that we put out is a really big mm. compliment because there's just so much competition mm. and so much noise in. I think in, it's more yeah. that, less yeah. competition, but yes. Well, competition, competition for, for your attention. For yeah. attention, but yeah. it's that feeling of noise. Yeah, it right? is. So whatever we do, can't just be sort of something dashed off in a hurry. Um, but at the same time, doesn't need to take you half the morning to put together. So yeah. I've sort of got into a rhythm where I'll put it, I'll just put out a post in the morning. And you know, there's probably better times to do it. But if that time works for me and I'm more likely to get yeah. a post, then I'm going to do it then. You do it. <laughs> you know, it's the same, the same philosophy is there are probably better ways to be posting between Facebook and Instagram than sort of duplicating content and that sort of thing. But at the same time, it's better to just do it than not do it. And so yes, imperfect. I think it's this whole thing about standing back and going, well, I can't do everything and I can't do it all the way that, you know, it should be done necessarily, but but I'm just going to show up and do it this way and mm. that's better than nothing. So put out really nice, genuine content mm. and, and, and respect the people that are going to read it. And I think that's how you... I can show up in a way that's really sort of authentic and, and genuine. And that's what people will relate to. Yeah. Over time, I think that's the other thing. So people talk about consistency and this goes for, for the writing too. And it's okay for it to ebb and flow. We've had conversations before about you accepting that sometimes you're a binge writer and mm. other times that's just not how life is working. So mm. you take small pockets. The point would be to try to show up fairly regularly. And I love that you pointed out, hey, maybe this isn't the best time to do it at whatever time. That look, it, it's always going to change. And depending on who you're listening to, as to this is the best, this is optimal, blah, blah, blah. Whenever you can, and it feels good to you, like I often share about, hey, are you having trouble showing up for your writing? Stop struggling against the way you think it should be and just do it however it is coming to you. So mm -hmm. if I wake up in the morning and that's the time I have this little pocket, I'm giving myself 15 minutes, I can sort of drop into, oh, this came and I can make a little story out about that. Then you post it and then you did it. Yeah. You did it for the day. And that's even fine. if it's once a day, as opposed to God help me, I'm pretty sure there's sort of like on this 
platform. You need to post five, four times a day. And, but that's, you can't continue to share like that. You know what I love is that you took that brave step to start from the beginning. So anybody who's listening, if you haven't got your quote unquote platform yet, everybody starts from zero, including an author who had multiple books and had followings. Or what if, you know, sometimes people get their account taken away for, you know, who knows what's happening. And then they have to start again. That's okay. You can do it. And then, like you said, Em, you're showing up with quality. It's not just, let me just chuck some Mm. some posts on here that mean nothing, which will be sort of counteract your, your need or want for engagement anyway. So you show up fully in whatever way that is, whether it's five minutes, 15 minutes, twice a day, whatever it is that you think you can continue with. Right. And that's where you build from. Yeah. Again, how I love that you've got these multiple potential posts. You're following always what's coming out naturally. So you might have a day where, or a few days where it's going to be all this review, especially at the time when lots of reviews were coming out. Mm. And then you'll have other times where these other stories, but you're following this natural storytelling thing. And there's enough variety that it doesn't feel like, oh, she's talking about the book again. By the way, everybody knows if you've done the hard work and got a book out, you're talking about it. (laughs) You are definitely talking about it. So I think giving yourselves a break for it, but also knowing it doesn't have to be this massive monster. I did have a, a chat with somebody only recently who hasn't got their author website yet. And this is a different conversation because you've always written under your own name. But we do have a friend who has put something together and will have books in pseudonyms, but again, one place for all the books. Why? Mm -hmm. Because number one, once we like you, it's a Nora Roberts, JD Robb, you Mm -hmm. know, for those who are still following JK Rowling and What's it, the other name? Richard Robert Galbraith. Robert? Yeah, something like that. We know, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so some people who are starting out, or you could just set the pseudonym and then just go, "Mm, now I'm going to be over here on the pseudonym and maybe that's the main name. But start from there and know that you can do it. The idea of starting and maintaining a platform can feel very overwhelming, Mm. right? But I just think, how can you chunk it down? It's it's just you're doing it. You're doing, just think of it as one post at a time. It's the same thing as one step at a time, one chapter at a time, all of that. And once it's set up, you can, and if you've got your little list of things, it can be over and done with in five minutes a day. Like it, it doesn't have to be, you know, some people are not like us, Ange. They are actually... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they do like schedules and plans yes true and plans and all that and so that can work really well I have tried that in the past and then I just miss the spontaneity of thinking what do I feel like posting now mm. so I, I've missed that so it just didn't work for me but for some it could really work because you could yep. set set up a week's worth of posts in one hit and let them post you know as the week goes on and then all you need to do is pop in and check the comments Engage. And, yeah. and you can, now that the the business suite is set up on the on facebook for example where you know you can see all the comments in one page mm-hmm. rather than have to go through and look for them 
it's a faster process. It's more streamlined and you can do it all in there and it's sort of easier to keep track of. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, we've got to remember that we're not just writers. We've got a world going on outside this Mm -hmm. with our families and our other work or, you know, whatever else we've got going on. And we can become consumed by the pressure to be doing everything that that we're hearing we should be doing online. We just need to make a few decisions and stick in our channel. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I mean, this is what I think, you know, and I'm at an age where I'm in, and so are you, in the sandwich generation where we've got elderly parents and we've got, you know, young kids and we've got work pressures and there's only so much we can do. So. Maybe if you've got more time, then, then you know, there are probably That's other right. ways to go about it. But for me, <laughs> this is what works and so this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. But I think I think not to get too caught up in the comparison with whether, what everyone else is doing and, you know, we could spend all our time on there in pure promotion and not enough time writing and, yeah. you know, I think that's probably where we need to focus. Yeah, I would say the last thing that I was going to say on this, and it depends if you do have an engaged, if you've gone traditional publishing, you've got a publisher, they're very engaged, they will have a certain amount of time that they can focus solely on you. And again, it depends on the size of the publisher and all of that. And they may have a really switched on publicity department. Uh, note to everyone, not everywhere has the same level of support. They don't give the same level of support to all the authors. You can start a conversation on fair versus not fair. It doesn't really matter. It's just kind of how it is. And things happen. Uh, marketing and publicity people are people. And so different things are happening. All that said, if you've got somebody who's really engaged, utilize that. If they want to, or they already have a connection with another kind of platform like TikTok and they're younger and they're fiery and they've got it going, then say, Hey, is there anything you'd like me to make that someone else can share? I'm happy to create something, but I'm not going to learn the new, I won't learn the new platform, but if you have somebody to post, because I'm sure that they're willing to do that, especially Mm -hmm. if they already know that they're going to focus this time on you. Mm -hmm. Having said that, you can join any new one that you want, but be led by what you want to do long term. Yeah. Right. So it's okay too to do one or two posts. I'm not saying it will it won't get you further. It won't hinder you. If you go into book talk and you try it out a few times and it doesn't work, then it's not for you. And that's okay. You're still going to get book sales if you stay in the place where you can be you rather than do crazy dances. The people who blow up on book talk, by the way, number one are not generally the author themselves. Yeah. It is somebody else who's seen and loves what they do. Now, maybe they saw what they did on another platform because that's where the author was being really authentic. So even if we're scheduling out our posts, I want to preface this to say, you're still not doing the, oh, look, I've got a a visual and I've written a blurb to schedule it. If your heart isn't in it, and I know that may sound like more pressure, but it's easier. Mm. You want to create stuff that's high value and value comes from presence. So if you're present and like really in it, when you're creating it, like Emma has described the post she's done, and I have the benefit of having seen them, go check out her author page just to look at what kind of post, what does that look like that she's saying has taken her about five minutes. 
maybe 10 minutes, or maybe a split over doing some of the writing in a pocket of time the night before, and then she can post it the next day. You're as authentic as possible and then schedule it. Fair enough. Take away the admin. And whether you have that publicity person or somebody else, reach out to your networks. Your That's friends yeah. are likely to want to post for you. And if they are on another platform or you have children who are on another platform and or they have friends and you say, hey, are you willing to do this? Colleen Hoover didn't post herself to bestsellerdom. Mm. I mean, she probably right. posted, but it was other people reading her books. And the and thing is, off. I have really... I, I just ask people. So I, I think it's I think that's the thing. If somebody says to you, I've just read your book and this is what I thought, and it's really they're just writing a message to you, a personal message, yeah. they tend to be very, very genuine in their feelings, more so than if you were to say, Can you write me a testimonial about my book? Then they would they get in the headspace of, oh, okay, and this is a formal testimonial, you know, and yes. they'll, they'll write it differently. So when they send you a message. I have gone back to them and said, would it be okay if I shared a screenshot of this message, even if I took your name off it? Because that is the message that has the most life in it. And yes. uh, and people have been, I haven't had a single person say, oh, no, I'd rather you didn't. Nobody has. They've all said, please do. And then they've shared their own. And sometimes it's people who've been sharing messages as they've been reading it, mm-hmm. which has been, you know, even more sort of fun. And then I, I think to, to when somebody, I think people do want to help you succeed. So yeah. I think if we can just sort of get brave enough to ask for permission and to say, would you mind, you know, if 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 you loved it, can you tell people about it? That kind of thing can be really just another step in helping you to get the word out there. I think it, it, what's brilliant about that too is for years I've known this, your point about the testimonial is so true. It's whether it's like, can you do a review? And I'm still going to say, you still want to do that with some people, right? Hmm. But one of the the challenges that other writers have had is like, why aren't people, they say they love the book, but they're not writing the review. Here's the truth about people. If you didn't notice this about yourself or others yet is this is a judgmental word, but I own it for myself. I'll say maybe we're busy. We're lazy. And Mm. the more steps we have to do, years ago, I was part of a group and we were trying to, it was before recycling was just, nobody thinks about it or mostly nobody thinks about it in the Western world anyway. But it used to be that it was very new and I feel like I'm dating myself and I am. But I was at uni, my first year of uni, and we were doing something. Maybe we wanted them to vote as well, but I wanted people to recycle. And the point was, how can you make it super easy, Mm. like no extra steps? So your point, Emma, about getting a beautiful, heartfelt email, and then you as the author going back and saying, can I screenshot this, taking out your name if you don't want it? Because now they don't have to do any extra steps, Mm. but you're still getting some of the benefit. Right. So yes, we still want reviews on Goodreads, although Mm -hmm. authors don't go to Goodreads. Emma has heard (laughs) me say this a million times. Don't go to your own book or your own books on Goodreads. We still want people to do reviews on Goodreads. We still want them to do reviews on whatever online platform that they may have paid for their book so that they can get a, a verified sort of check mark, but at least getting positive feedback that you can share and now is content on your channel and takes the pressure off 
It's not you saying, my book is great, go out and buy it, which is the thing that everybody's like, no, I don't want to say that anymore. You're not saying it, but you're taking authentic, real responses people have had, but you're not giving them the work. Yes, and that's yes. why they're saying, sure, sure, hmm. do it. Because now they're like, oh, I've done something valuable and I don't have to take any extra steps. In fact, I would say that if they got a prompt email from Amazon or Booktopia or Book Depository, maybe they send out emails as well. If after you've done that interaction with them, then they got a prompt from an online seller to say, can you come review this? They'll probably review it. Whereas hmm. maybe before they would have thought, I'm sure enough people, Yeah, even if they think enough people have done it, they might take the extra step. And that's the other point too, that I have been trying to be really careful to respond to each person. And and that's because I'm not Colleen Hoover. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. I actually have a small enough number of people to be able to handle responding to each person at the moment. But, you know, of course, you'd probably get to a point where that's impossible. But I think, you know, it is always if if you can just be having lovely interactions with people and, and being grateful for the time that people take to share about your book or to write to you about your book. I just think that that's that's one of the nicest aspects of being an author. It's the part mm. I absolutely love seeing that it that what you've written has touched someone and made a difference in their life. Uh, you know, I had this amazing experience last week of of, of because in in my book there's a storyline about chasing the aurora australis as a photographer. And one of my readers in Tasmania sent me a message and said, you know, I used to do this years ago, and I've lived here for, for ten years and. I haven't done this for over five years. And she went out and took the most stunning photo of the Aurora that night after reading my book. Oh my and, goodness, that night. And wow. yeah, and she I think it was the next day, maybe. And and she said, you know, the book the book inspired her to get out and do something. And mm. that to me is enough. You know, that just feels like, well, if if that has, you know, caused this change in a person that that has led to something that beautiful, then you know, my work here is done is how I felt at the time. It was just absolutely beautiful. And then, of course, I asked if I could share that. And, you know, then that became a lovely thing to share, which led to a conversation on Instagram about, you know, has a book ever caused you to do something, you know, inspired you to do something. And then we were talking about people traveling to places they've loved in books. And so, you know, it just continues on and on if you get into that mindset of storytelling. Yeah. And engaging. Yes. Right. And then, then you don't have to worry about, oh my God, I have to come up with something. Mm -hmm. It is presenting itself to you because you actually end up with the opposite problem of too many things that you could share. Yeah. Yeah. What a concept. It snowballs. (laughs) I love that. Well, look, let's, I want to keep some of the things for this future conversation with this other beautiful author that I know that you've met, because I think too, we'll get you to share a little bit about how you connected and then how that grew. Uh, But for now, hopefully all of the lovely writers that are listening or even emerging writers will take heart that it doesn't have to be so overwhelming and they can do it little bit by little bit. I think you're a beautiful example of that. Thank you so much um, for coming and chatting today. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Writers Talking. Join us next time for more writers in conversation as we delve into the writer's process, their passions, and a little bit about their books. 
Don't forget to subscribe on your fave podcast player and follow us on Instagram at writers underscore talking underscore podcast.